We'll be ranking the top 10 NCAA and USHL-based prospects in the 2024 NHL Draft on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakash, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down the top 10 NCAA and USHL-based prospects for the 2024 NHL draft. A draft. It's a great um, it's a great group of NCAA and USHL prospects this year, so it's going to be really, really interesting. I think there's a clear-cut top four, but what's really interesting to me is what's happening in kind to the bottom end of that rankings and the players that we have in that range. Uh, before we get into any of that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next and what you think about our rankings. And also, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, or wherever you're listening to this, Make sure to make us your first listen of the day and make sure to leave us a rate and review. If you like the podcast, please let us know through ratings and reviews. It helps the channel out a lot. So, Sebastian, let's get things started here. We've got three honorable mentions. Well, was it four? I think it's four honorable mentions, right? I got four. I got four. For sure. Absolutely. So do I. So uh, let's go through them pretty quickly. Um, wh- who, who are your four uh, honorable mentions here in this range? For sure. Uh, so I've got two NTDP boys in here. So I've got EJ Emery and Camille Benarek. EJ Emery is a really, really solid defensive defenseman uh, whose transition defending has stood out in my viewing so far. And yep. while he plays a very like simple, straightforward game, he plays it very effectively and intelligently. And I don't see him over committing on like chasing hits very often. He really values positional awareness and and uh, protecting the slot. And that's a lot of what I look for in, in defensemen that are very much focused on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, Camille Benarek is a a bit of a, an all-rounder offensively. He doesn't have a high-end NHL projection. Like This isn't a player that I think is going to push his way into a top six uh, at the NHL level, but he's a decent enough playmaker. He plays well with players that are uh, that, that exceed him in skill. He's able yeah. to... to adjust his game and adapt in order to to help out the players around him quite well which makes me more optimistic about the the bottom six projection with him uh, at the nhl level a player who is a wild projection on the other hand is matt they uh of the what youngst he's not youngstown is he he's oh it's um muskegon uh, muskegon lumberjacks Lumberjacks, exactly of course sasha bovera's teammate uh and he's a he's a very skilled russian winger and the defensive side of the game is not a strength with Greedon, uh, neither is the overall engagement or the consistency. But when he's on his game, he's very, very skilled. He has an ex- he's an excellent control of the puck, a uh, really, really fluid puck handler. And even at higher speeds, when he's like really, really going, when he's at high speeds, he can really layer all of his tools together and create some highlight real plays. But consistency is still a big factor there that is, uh, is an issue in some of my viewings. And the last one is one that I don't think is on your list here, but who I've liked a lot in recent viewings, and that's Luke Osborne. 
He is he is one of the younger players in this draft class. Uh, he's like a September 9th birthday, which yeah. makes him very young. And he play he plays for Youngstown. This, I was getting my USHL teams confused here. Uh, he's a yeah. six foot uh, left shot defenseman from Youngstown who thinks the game at a very very high level. He's really really intelligent, extraordinarily composed under pressure, consistently makes the right decisions. Is not at all selfish with the puck, but when he knows that he's the person that should have the puck on a stick he keeps the puck on a stick and uh the way that he thinks the game i think is something that could really create the foundation for an intriguing nhl talent at the end of the day but he's still very raw and he's still very much adding tools to his toolkit to to really project as a more holistic and uh, nhl player but uh, he's been one that i've quite enjoyed as a as a big long shot projection in my viewings and uh, yeah, sure. he deserves a mention here as an hm for sure. I, I like Luke Osborne. I'm just not really sold on uh, the, the tools. The tools are really, I mean, lacking in some in some elements. Yeah. He, he's a decent skater, but not overwhelming. He's not really physical, but also in terms of his playmaking, his shot, uh, and his hands as well. Just overall, the, the tools are subpar, but I really, really like the brain. So I'm really torn on him so far. And that's why I don't have him ranked um, here. He's not even my honorable mentions. Um, but if you look at my honorable mentions, I've got i mean i've got a player i don't know if you have on yours but max plants for me out of the ntdp has been really really impressive um i've liked the dynamism of like the uh, creativity with the puck the the awareness the defensive game um he's a, he's a pretty interesting player he's undersized but i think he, he plays in a way that compensates for his lack of size pretty well um but still there are some limitations to his game that's why he's here uh he's a uh, he, he's been splitting between center and wing for the ntdp on the kind of bottom six uh but i think they can kind of work his way up um a lineup and do a pretty good job as a complementary player on a top six so he's pretty interesting um and then we have Matt Fay Greedon, of course, you mentioned before. Greedon, I believe I have in my honorable mentions, or no, actually, sorry, he's 45th overall in my rankings um, out of Muskegon. Six foot one, 185, he's a left winger, uh, plays next to Sasha Boivard. And I think that he's a, uh, he, he brings the straightforward back and forth element that Boivard kind of lacks in this game. Um, but I also struggle to see him kind of mold or adapt his game to his, his his teammates, right? So that's kind of one limitation that puts him in the HMs list rather than in the top 10, even though I've seen him in the first round on some rankings. And I get it. I just think that he's a, a bit too linear or simplistic as a player. Um, a player I have in my honorable mentions, who I'm all, I mean, I'm certain you have ranked, is Teddy Stiga. Stiga is really, really good. I think, you know, you look for players with one specific element that stands out, and with Stiga, it's the playmaking ability. He's not the biggest at 5'10", 176, um, and he's mainly been playing on at the, between the second and third line uh, on the NTDP. Uh, but the playmaking ability is ridiculous. His ability to find teammates in stride, to hit, to hit the smallest seams of passes. Um, he reminds me a bit of Beckett Hendrickson from last year. Um, and then the last player I have in my HMs, who I know you don't have uh, ranked at all, is Will Scahan. I had to I had to slip him in here because uh, he's violent, he's physical, he's pretty mobile for size. Um, he's obviously not the most skilled defenseman, and and you know you don't really expect much out of a 6'4", 212 pound defensive defenseman out of the NTDP, but he does what he does really really well, and I think that's worth mentioning. Um, but let's get into the first two picks of our top ten. Um, I have Cole Hudson here at tenth overall. Um, Lane, so Hudson, do I. <laughs> So take it away on him. What do you think about him? I mean, yeah, Lane Hudson's younger brother, who uh, is by all accounts a very different person off the ice, being extraordinarily extroverted, where Lane is more of an introvert, mm -hmm. uh, and on the ice also quite different. And I think that difference makes the NHL projection a little bit more complex with Cole yeah. Hudson than it was with Lane, uh, because he's been 
not as offensively dominant as he was showing flashes that he could be last season. He's been yeah. a bit more restrained this year. I, I've seen less of the desire to be chaotic on the ice, which Elaine has always had in spades. And in doing so, I've kind of seen Cole Hudson really limiting himself in his biggest areas of strength, like his creativity and dynamism and and passing ability and skating are all real strengths. And yeah. there are flashes last season's at D minus one where he's like really, really using them often. But this season has been fewer and far between. And the defensive game is a real, real concern, like the especially the transition defending is also like. It was an issue with Lane, but with with Cole, it's another level of an issue, and yeah. it's a ma- be a massive swing on upside. Like I think, like if if he falls into like that third round range, he's more than worthwhile for a swing because yeah. the skill is tantalizing when he's on his game. But that being on his game has been a lot less consistent this year than we'd hoped to see so far. Uh, yep. and I think that's what kind of keeps him so low on our list. But if the, if his back half of the, of the season can blow us away a little bit more, the room for improvement in these rankings is massive for him, especially compared to the other players in this range. Absolutely. And then at ninth overall, I have John Mustard. Uh, John Mustard uh, plays for um, the Waterloo Blackhawks uh, in the OSHL, and I mean, he's six foot, one eighty five, but I think that he can develop a power game over time. He's he's pretty young for this draft class. He's in an, uh, an August two thousand six birthday. Um, this is a player who loves the inside, who loves to cut inside inside pressure, and plays really in your face hockey. He's got a great shot. He's got great hands. And overall, we're talking about you know a, a player who doesn't hasn't hasn't really hit the. I wouldn't call him a power forward yet. But mustard can very well develop into a power forward, and in terms of like all all time names for for hockey prospects, he's up there. Like he he sounds like he's a gangster from the twenties, like just a real like John Mustard, you know. So I I, I love the player, I love the skill set, I love the name. Um, and yeah, I have him thirty fifth overall in my rankings, and he's ninth overall. That tells you how good of a group of USHL and NCAA prospects this is. Uh, who's your ninth pick before we go to break? Also John Mustard, and honestly, I think you said everything I would have said, so we can just yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> Fantastic. So that uh, that wraps things up for our first segment. We'll get through picks eight through five in our rankings, right after these messages from our sponsors over at Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the HL season, but there's still time for you as a fan to get in on the action with Sleeper. Sleeper is our number one choice at the Lockdown NHL Network for your daily fantasy hockey needs. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. To win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, all you need to do is correctly predict the outcome of eight specific player stats. And you can get creative with those. Whether you want to bet on the stars of the league, like the Nathan McKinnons and Connor McDavid's and... uh, NHL All-Star Game Passing Challenge Beast Nikita Kucherovs of the league, or the young studs like the like the Connor Bedard's who's who's back from injury now. The choice is yours. Uh, so uh, use promo code LockdownNHL and you'll get up to a one hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LockedOnNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. 
Alrighty, let's move on to picks eight through five in our rankings of the top 10 NCAA and USHL-based prospects of the 2024 NHL draft. So let's start at eighth overall. And for me, it's EJ Emery, a player you had in your honorable mentions. I'm a big fan of his game. I have him uh, I have him almost in the first round. Um, I think he's one spot ahead of John Muster at, uh, at 34. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, you're talking about a player who... Uh, oh, sorry, he's in my first round. That's my bad. He's 32nd overall in my rankings. Um so with Emery, I mean, you're talking about a player who's really, really good at the thing he does. He's a right-handed defenseman, pretty decently sized, and probably, I mean, a, probably a top two, top three rush defender in this draft. He might even be the best. Like, he's really, really good at it. Um, I've also liked the in-zone defending a bit. I like the way that he clears a net front and does the little details that work really well in zone at the NHL level. Um, and I, I've seen some concerns about the offensive production. I, I guess I'm a tiny bit more, you know, on board with the the possibility that EJ Amory scores like 30 points at the NHL level um, than you are. But I mean, I, I just I see some glimpses of like cross crease passes, really interesting kind of snap passes through the middle of the ice right on a teammate's stick. And overall, I, I think he sees the play well. It's just his tools haven't developed yet. But I think he can definitely get there. And with the frame, with the with the base of, you know, with a fallback game, like he can always fall back on his rush defending, even if the offense defaults, right? So I think an NHL role is more than realistic. And once he's there, he's going to start exploring and trying new things out. Kind of uh, Jaden Struble-like. I think that this could be a, a pretty interesting pick. So that's why I have him in the first round here. But who's your eighth overall ranked pick? I've got Michael Hage, who I assume is coming up for you pretty shortly. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've quite liked his development over the course of this season. Like he missed a lot of his D minus one season last year through injury, but only played 13 games with the Chicago steel in the USHL, but yeah. he's a six foot, uh, right shot center. And, uh, I've, I've really, really liked how he's developed because he started off being like a raw skill, raw chaos player, but he's mm -hmm. really found a level of control in his game over the course of the past few months. And that's made him a lot more effective in all three zones. He's been playing a lot better with his teammates uh, and, and using them as outlets when he's under pressure rather than going pond hockey mode and just losing the puck uh, when he's just relying on his skill, which is quite impressive. He's, he's quite a solid puck handler and decent playmaker, but they don't solve every single problem, even at the USHL level. But he's been learning the limitations of his game, and that's been very important for his development. So mm -hmm. he's a player that I've been growing on a little bit uh, over, over the past couple of months and who's up here at eighth on my USA uh, prospect list. For sure. And then at seventh overall, um, after EJ Emery at eight, I have Sasha Bovar at seven. So Michael Hage is coming. Don't worry. Uh, but Sasha Bovar I have at seven mainly because, I mean, this is a player, um, he plays with uh, with uh, Matt Vigreden in Muskegon. Uh, he's the main kind of uh, driver on that line. He's 6'2", 179, uh, plays between center and wing. And overall, I mean, Watching Bovar this year, one thing's really clear. He has the brain and the hands in order to kind of be the, the primary focus of his line. I think the skating's an issue for sure. Um, and I think the defense is there in flashes, but I think the effort and, and willingness to get involved defensively is still inconsistent. But in Bovar, you're getting a player who can definitely move the puck um, with his brain and his hands and kind of... He, he can play the off-puck game fairly well, which kind of works out well with the skating. That's why I have him one spot ahead of EJ Emery at 31st overall. There's not a big gap between the two. I just believe in Bovac's skill set a lot more um, than, than EJ Emery's ability to get there, right? So Bovar's upside is definitely higher than Emery's. And yeah, for a center who, who, who thinks the game well, 
I think is a really decent bet here at, um, as a seventh best uh, prospect out of the NCAA and USHL bunch. Um, who do you have at seven though? I got Teddy Stiga. Uh, this is higher than where you had him in your honorable yeah. mentions, but uh, obviously you've watched more of the NTTP this year than I have, but the viewings I've caught, I've been really, really impressed with Stiga. This is a player who is not, not the biggest in the world, but is a really, really impressive playmaker. And mm -hmm. the way that he's been able to elevate his line mates on a consistent basis has really been impressive. Like Cole Iserman has been scoring so many of his goals based off of the hard work that Teddy Stiga is make, make, putting in in transition and even within the offensive zone, he consistently yeah. gets pucks from the boards to the, to the middle of the ice, despite being a bit undersized. I'm a really big fan of uh, the amount of like projectable tools that he's been kind of showing off, uh, even in a form factor that is not exactly the most popular among NHL teams on draft day. And yeah. we'll likely see him drop relative to where his value might actually end up being. But uh, he's been a very, very fun playmaker. Like I've, I've, I've loved the, his passing decisions, uh, like low down the offensive zone under pressure. He can consistently find an outlet if there's no high danger passing option, but if there is one, he's going to see it and he's going to attempt it. And yeah. the success rate has been pretty solid this year. And obviously he doesn't, complete all of them but he really really has a way of uh of finding on his radar all the high danger passing options that are around him on the ice and uh cole eisman's pretty good when he's found uh in, in open space uh yeah. with a cross crease pass so it's been uh -huh. pretty lethal for the ntdp at times absolutely and then that brings us to six overall and there goes michael hage six overall there in my rankings and yeah you said it pretty well he was a pretty uncontrolled kind of chaotic player last year and he found that control this year and has been playing with a bit more translatability and willingness to 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 kind of make the right play not the flashy play so i've been pretty interested and impressed with the kind of increased level of of composure on the puck the the quick movement of the puck he just he passes and goes a lot more this year rather than just kind of trying to blow through players so yeah overall i've been fairly impressed with him and he shows up higher in my rankings than yours i've been a pretty, a pretty big fan of his play with chicago this year um who do you have at six though Sasha Brover. I mean, you already talked about him a decent amount, but I've yeah. been a really big fan of the brain, like a really, really intelligent offensive mind. And I've loved the flashes of paciness in, in, in his ability to, to pull off really impressive plays under pressure. And the combination of uh, pace and composure is one that I always look for in players that are very intelligent when you're able to, to process the game at a fast pace, but also react at that same pace. Yeah. It makes it's a lot more interesting in the long run uh, moving forward. But as you mentioned, the skating certainly a concern. Like it's holding him back a little bit at this point, and it's not a massive red flag. And like there's a reason that he's quite a standard player in, in, in first round rankings at this stage of the draft. But uh, it, it, it's something to keep an eye on. But with the intelligence, he's able to to get around the ice very efficiently uh, despite inefficient stride. And that has also made a big difference in my viewings. For sure, absolutely. I, I like Bovar, you know, in terms of left shot centers, like the options are there this year, but um, not to the extent where like, I, I'd be surprised if he if he if he survives the first round. He's a really good player. Um, and then this brings us to number five. And I think we might have the exact same player here at number five. Um, I have Trevor. Conley. <laughs> wow, you do. Shocking. Interesting. Cool. Absolutely. Uh, Trevor Conley is the 15th ranked prospect in my rankings. And Conley, I mean, listen, this is, you were talking about pawn hockey earlier. I, I can't name oh you a prospect God. who exemplifies that more than Trevor Conley. But like Andrew the, the, Crystal, I raise you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. I forgot about Crystal. But yeah, I mean, Conley is just 
you know, we're talking about a, a decently sized player at six foot, six foot one, but he's at 161 pounds right now. So he's got room to add some weight. Um, he's a he's a left shot, left winger, and he does everything with like a high end pace. And the the stick handling, the brain, and the and and, and the feet are at the same kind of level in terms of where in terms of how they complement each other and how they work off each other. He's not too fast for his own brain. Um, he's not too fast for his own hands. And he doesn't think too fast for his own feet. So it's just everything's on the same level there. And just the creativity and the willingness to just try everything on every shift is really, really impressive. Obviously, there's the off-ice issues that, for, for me, I mean, I keep myself a reservation regarding that. I, I He could be higher on skill alone. But there are a lot of issues surrounding what, what's happened with him in the past that kind of keep him out of this range. But overall, if you look at the skill level, Conley's almost definitely a top 10 player in this draft, right? For sure, but he's not the play that I have at fifth. I have Cole oh. Iserman, which is interesting. Okay. So a slight a slight variation for us uh in this in this top five, but mm-hmm. it was a bit of a coin toss between the two. Like it's <laughs> red flags on the ice with Iserman, red flags off the ice with Connolly, and yeah. I've I've seen a lot more projectability when it comes to Connolly and and well-roundedness which is not usually the the tiebreaker when you're talking about players with pond hockey style but yeah. Cole Eiserman is a one-trick pony and he does that one trick extraordinarily well yeah. which is shoot the puck he does that better than any other prospect in this draft class and it's not particularly close like Max yeah. Celebrini is definitely second in that running but Eiserman's shot is lethal mm-hmm. that said this season, Cole Eiserman has had virtually no impact in any other situation on the yeah. ice in my viewings. And I know that the metrics that are tracked by Mitch Brown from over at Elite Prospects certainly relate to that. Uh, the defensive workload is non-existent with Eiserman when he's on the ice. He is not a four-checker. He does not create space for his line mates. He's not a particularly potent puck carrier or a transition piece. He gets settled in the offensive zone and, like Alexander Ovechkin, just rifles the puck. And I I have my doubts about his ability to play Ovechkin style, even with as good as a shot is. And that makes me a little bit concerned in terms of the projection and, and the likelihood of him hitting a really impressive ceiling. But we'll see how it continues this, this draft, because he is also one of the younger players in the class. It's an August birthday, and that certainly adds some development time that makes all of this a little bit more complicated yeah. but so far i've i've struggled a lot in my views with eiserman and i've started to drop him down my board a little bit because i've just not seen anything to merit a top 15 ranking this, this season and i did yeah. last year but not this season so far that's been very interesting for sure and i'll get into that a bit more in our final segment here that's going to be coming up right after these messages from our sponsors over at fanduel Happy Super Bowl to you all uh, who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about getting the best seat on the couch, grabbing your absolute favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I know I personally am also going to enjoy the advertisements because they're always just wacky and gotta be curious what all these brands come up with for ways to sell their products. But uh, beyond that, what I really enjoy is single game parlays, which FanDuel does incredibly well. And especially for a Super Bowl where my favorite team isn't playing, I can leave my anxiety at the door and just have a little bit of fun with a single game parlay, betting on the team I think is going to win and the players I think are going to perform. And you can do the same. 
So uh, new customers who join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, so let's close things off here with our top four uh, of the top NCAA and USHL prospects in the 2024 NHL draft. Um, I'll start off with my fourth pick. It's the guy you just finished talking about, Cole Eiserman. Uh, Mitch Brown in the Elite Prospects YouTube video of their uh, draft rankings called him a one-second player, and I think that's a really accurate description of him. One second before a pass, one second before getting the puck, and within that one-second margin, he's probably one of the best players in this draft. His off-puck movement's really solid, his shot setups are really solid, and his release is ridiculous. He's also a really good net driver. I think that he, he finds ways different ways to drive the net that are particularly interesting and that's one thing that separates him for example from an alexander holtz or the kind of low calorie shooters that we've seen before like an archer kaliev and those guys that's an extra thing he can do but there's a distinct and concrete lack of translatability in the rest of his game um the transition game isn't all there the defensive game is almost non-existent um and yeah, I understand the concern because like I haven't ranked him 12th right now. I've seen him ranked in the top three, top five very often this year. And I understand how risky this is for me. Like I can I can look ridiculous for this in a couple of years. But I just I'm having trouble with every viewing of Eiserman. So yeah, that's that's why he's kept out of the top three for me and why he's 12th overall in my rankings. But let's move to your fourth overall pick, which I'm guessing is gonna be Trevor Conley. Indeed it is. And uh, you gave a good breakdown of Connolly. Like he is exceptionally skilled. He's extraordinarily dynamic on the ice, as you said, pond hockey style to the max. And that's not the style that we really usually see dominate the USHL. Uh, it's more yeah. of a CHL standard, but Connolly is pulling it off this season. And the, the ability that he has to really layer all of his skills together and combine them into one really cohesive on-puck package is really, really impressive. For With sure. a puck on a stick, there are a few more dangerous players in this class than Connolly. Uh, he can really break a game open uh, on a dime if he wants to. But the lulls and, and the valleys in his play are also a lot more substantial. Like This, this is yeah. certainly a, a high-risk, high-reward type of player uh, on the ice as well. And I think there's there's still some questions in terms of uh, the, maybe not consistency, but the, the, the overall like three-zone impact. Yeah. Uh, that, that that has me questioning that like top 12 uh like, like draft ranking upside for him, but he's impressed me a slight bit more than Eisenman, but they're certainly a coin toss because they're both yeah. super erratic, but also very, very skilled in very specific ways offensively uh, sure. while also lacking defensive ability. For sure. I would add though, for, for Conley, recent viewings, I've been really, really impressed with his off puck work rate and his defense. Really? So, like that's come a decent way. That is, that uh, is a shift and a half from what I last yeah, saw. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm excited to get, to get some more viewings in as the year f- and, and finishes off and see where he stands on that uh, by the end of the year. But let's move to third overall. I think we might have the same player here. Um, like I have Artyom Lefshunov, ninth overall. And yeah. I'm going to preface it by saying, I know already a lot of people are raising their eyebrows. We have our reservations for Artyom Lefshunov. Like there are some some pretty considerable limitations to his game, but in recent viewings, he went from a player who's outside of the top ten to a player who's well within that second tier of prospects behind Macklin Celebrini. From two to nine, for me, it's wide open. You can put him in any order, and I'm pretty much comfortable with it. But 
for me, Lefshunov, I I've been a lot more impressed with the the usage of his mobility. That was a big concern of mine. He's really mobile, but sometimes he uses it strangely. His decisions weren't always the best. There's been a lot more consistency with his decision making as of late, right? For sure. Like I, I like the last viewing I caught got me got me to really raise him up in my rankings. And while he hasn't quite cracked the tier behind Celebrini for me just yet, because that that tier for me ranges from two to seven rather than two to nine. Yeah, uh, he is sitting at eleventh on my board, but he was at like fifteenth a couple like like a week ago. So my last two viewings were quite solid, and I was impressed. Yeah. And I got I got to put him over Anton Salayev, and that that's, that's the first time this season that I've been on board with the Levshunov over Salayev <laughs> take, which I think is going to be popular in our draft ranking meeting over at Dauber Prospects. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he, he's been very, very interesting. Like, like his metrics are exceptional, especially offensively and in transition. He's a very capable passer, very capable uh, carrier. The, yeah. like, the puck handling skills lags a little bit behind the rest of the offensive toolkit, but the way that he uses his mobility allows the handling skill to shine because he gives yeah. himself space to handle and he's able to access that space consistently. And yeah. I've been, I've been impressed with how he's been able to create space for himself and also how aggressive he is at attack space in the offensive zone he's often a fourth forward in the offensive zone which yeah is a bit concerning to me like it's a bit like Denton Matejchuk vibes from his from his draft season in, in, in the offensive incursions and it is it can be really high octane and high risk high reward like, like high risk high reward play for sure yeah uh but that that decision making has refined as the season has progressed I remember it being a real sore spot back in October and November and it's yeah. not quite as poor at this point anymore which is for sure promising for sure. I mean, we're talking about a big, I mean, six foot two, 200 pound right handed defenseman from Belarus. Yeah. He's one of the older prospects in this draft as an October 05 birthday. But like, if you're that big, you can move that well and you've got the level of offensive skill that he has. Like, there's there's room for you in the NHL for sure. Um, but let, that brings us to second overall. Um, do you have Zeev Bouillam? Because I have Zeev Bouillam. I actually have Macklin Celebrini at second. You know, <laughs> of, course. of course, I have Zeev Bouillam at two. Yeah, I mean, he's about six foot, like one eighty, something like that. Um, the the rank, the, the the height on elite prospects isn't up to date. I think he's listed as five eleven, one sixty five. I don't think that's that accurate, but six foot one eighty seems about right for him. Extremely mobile, extremely creative. Um, so slippery from the blue line, you can you can't catch him at the blue line. Uh, the lateral movement, I think, I think you know. With with Bouillon, we're looking at a player whose skating isn't even as developed, right? Like, yeah. like his his edge work isn't perfect, his explosiveness isn't perfect. Like he's still working on that, and he's already this mobile, this elusive from the blue line. Um, with the offensive skill he has, the playmaking, the shot, the hands, and the defensive game that was definitely there last year, and isn't as much this year. But I think that's just. I think that's just personal preference from Booyam trying to focus on offense this year, right? Because, like, sure. at the World Juniors, it was definitely there, the gap control. Um, and, you know, last year with the NDDP, it was absolutely there. So, like, that's why I have him ranked third, uh, fourth overall in my rankings is because I know that the defensive game is there, and I'm not as concerned with the quote-unquote lack of defense in this game. I think that's just a stylistic decision this year of trying to just rack up as many points as possible and explore and advance his, his offensive game as much as possible. Um, do you want to just go right ahead with first overall? I, th I don't think I have anything to add with Booyah. Like, he is your player. Like, that yeah. was all you, but Matt... <laughs> I think is a very easy choice at number one uh, for us here. Like this is how long did we spend thinking about this? Like 0.1 seconds? None. None. Yeah. He's, he's like, like there's such a gap between him and between him and two. 
Exactly, right? And and, and that, that's about our actual full-on rankings, not even just among USA-based prospects, right? Like, yeah. Like, the, the gap there is huge. Uh, Celebrini has has really shown in every single viewing I've had the pleasure of catching in the last two years, and uh, the progression has been really steady. He projects as a high-end two-way NHL center who can be a sniper on the power play is one of the better transition drivers that we've seen come out of the draft in the last couple seasons uh with a puck on a stick in transition he can look like a power forward at times and very very focused on maintaining possession but also creating chances and very very refined offensively he's uh, a really special talent and he's also quite young for the draft he's a june birthday he's only turning 18 in june and this is a player that I think every single NHL team would be absolutely ecstatic to add to their cupboard of prospects. And he would be a top six NHL center within a year or two of being drafted at least. And uh, yeah, he's very, very good at hockey. Absolutely is. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you think about our rankings and what you want us to talk about next. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to leave us a rate and review, letting us know what you think about the podcast and help us out the channel out a lot. And make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. Make sure to tune in for our next show as we'll break down the, the top Sweden and Finland-based prospects in the 2024 draft. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.